Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning. It is time to get up with the French dejection. All eyes on the big baguette in his U.S. debut will show you how it was spoiled. Meanwhile, Stephen A. and Sir Charles are P.O.'d at A.D. You've got to hear from them, and you will, as we roll on. Plus, the DAC attack has been whack, but we'll take a crack at what they lack and talk to smack that gets them back and better than ever. All that a whole lot more. Let's do this thing on a Thursday. Our last team loves it. He loves it. Come on, baby. We had gotten through, like, such a long period of time, and then you brought it back. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yay. I'm dropping bars. Jay Williams is back with us, everybody. Hey, hello, hello. This is the battle for Cooper Flag. Okay, exactly right. That boy bad. Mike T is in this morning. Let's do it. Jay Will, the much-anticipated debut of the big baguette, Victor Wembanyama. His NBA debut spurs, taking on their in-state rival Mavericks, and immediately Immediately, he would make his presence felt on the defensive end. Well, look, the guy led the league in preseason in blocks per game. On a 30-minute basis, he would have been averaging 4.8 blocks per game. Eight-foot wingspan green. Yeah, he had six points, three rebounds in the first half. Most of his damage from outside the yard. That's why he's a generational talent. Now, look, he's going to get... He's going to get bullied a little bit in the third quarter, and he gets into foul trouble, but his ability to play through is what sets him apart. Well, the foul trouble is the issue here. That's his third. You're going to see his fourth. He played just 24 minutes because of foul trouble. And hey, look, you come back in the fourth quarter, you score nine points. That's the maturity you want from a teenager in this game. Yeah, again, it's a lot of fouls. There's another one on Wembanyama. So, as I mentioned, five fouls for him. But six minutes to go. As Jay mentioned, he brings his team back, again, knocking down threes. It's the ability. If you play him with a hand down, he has the ability to shoot over the top. The guy can touch the rim standing up. He was three for five from three-point range. Then he's just too big for Trey Jones or off the feed from Trey Jones there. No free throw, no good. Spurs up by one. Then Wembanyama in the mid-range. We got ourselves a good game here, Jay. Well, tied at 115. But in the closing minutes, it was Luka Doncic finding his teammates and knocking them down himself as well. I know Luka and Kyrie didn't have a great season together last year when they played, but they are a dark horse in the Western Conference. Two of the most prolific scoring guards we have in the game of basketball. Doncic had 33 and a triple-double. Kyrie, 22. Mavs get the win. Wambanyama finishes with 15 points, five boards, six of nine from the floor. Three of those were threes. But again, the slow start thanks to foul trouble, playing just 15 minutes in those first three quarters. Overall, the 15 points are the same amount that Tim Duncan had in his Spurs debut 26 years ago, and he was the last true rookie to make an all-star team. So what did you see from Wembanyama last night? I think he's a generational talent on the defensive end. Uh, you talk about an eight-foot wingspan. He can deter shots as soon as – have you ever seen this guy 7'4 with an eight-foot wingspan just stand in the middle of the lane, Grady? Yeah, yeah. We call that blocking out the damn sun. That's <laughs> what he can do, okay? You combine that with his dexterity, with his, his agility, he has a chance to be one of the greatest players the NBA has ever seen if he can stay healthy. And with that thought in mind, Greg Popovich, we know he has always been conservative. How would you expect Pop to handle – 
his transition into the NBA. Well, look, he, he played 24 minutes last night due to foul trouble. I think he will play a lot more minutes in this game. One of the things that nobody, everybody will talk about, oh, did he, he didn't score 30. What's wrong with him? He played through foul trouble. I think showing that maturity in the fourth quarter, playing with five fouls, scoring nine points, they ran so many sets for him offensively. His ability to see the floor is what makes him unique and special, Greeny. All this, this Spurs team is, is going to be, they're going to compete in the West. Very different Spurs team than the one that won 21 games last year. Yeah, and he's, of course, the primary reason why. And whether they win or lose, he's always going to be someone you want to see play. But all the football guys that I've had on here all comment on how narrow the frame is. How, how much of an issue is that going to be? Is he going to get pushed around in the NBA? Well, I, he will. I, I think you saw Grant Williams try to do that last night, get up underneath him, push him off his spots, you know, make him uncomfortable with that physicality. But the, the, the problem with him, though, is regardless of when you get physical, he can shoot over the top. Yeah. So it, you can't put a bigger guy on him because they don't have the dexterity or the footwork to stay with him. You put a smaller guy on him, he can still take you to the block. I don't think the physicality of the game is going to be a question or issue for him. I think it's just his comfort level with the game. First game last night of his NBA career. He's skilled on a level based upon his size that the league has literally never seen before. Very quickly, you mentioned Luka and Kyrie playing together. Last year it did not go well. Last night so far so good. You said the Mavericks you think are a sneaky, interesting pick in the Western Conference? I think they're a pick to make the playoffs. I mean, I think they'll be a lot better than what they were. I still have one of the most prolific offenses in the game of basketball when both those guys were on the court. Their issue is rebounding. I mean, they teams averaged 11 offensive rebounds against them last year, and they got dominated on the board. So it's the ancillary pieces that are the question for the Dallas Mavericks. No questions around Luka and Kyrie. A very entertaining doubleheader we had on ESPN last night. This was the late game. We'll get to the early game at the Garden last night. The Knicks and the Celtics and much more. Jay will stay close. Meanwhile, week eight of the NFL season starts tonight. Let's do a week eight watch, and it's an AFC edition. Dan Orlovsky, Buccaneers, Bill. Bills tonight, what's the number one thing you're watching for? Can this Bills offense find a way to start faster in this football game? The last two games they played in, in the first half, it's been awful. And it's been a completely different performance by their quarterback. Four possessions in the first half last week versus New England. Three turnovers in the last two first halves they played in. They have got to find a way against a very good Tampa Bay defense to start faster so they're not playing catch-up after halftime. And Mike T, I know it's the Buffalo defense that actually has you more concerned. Greedy, it's massive amount of injuries starting up front. Daquan Jones, Ed yeah. Oliver, the great Matt Milano, who's very underrated. And then on the back end, Tredavious White out again for the year. So the reason they have to play catch-up is that defense simply isn't the same because of these devastating injuries. I mean, because they're so banged up, Harry, as we look at the real dangerous teams in the AFC, when we look at the upper echelon, is Buffalo still a member of that group? Not right now. I can't say that. I can't put them in that category. When you look at their losses, they lost to the New York Jets, yeah. and they also just lost to the New England Patriots. What has the story been about the New England Patriots up until that point? That they couldn't offensively get things Couldn't going. do anything offensively. Exactly. Yeah. And you lose in that manner, and you counted on your defense to get a stop. After Buffalo came back, you counted on your defense to get a stop. Mac Jones went right down the field through a touchdown pass to his tight end to win the game. So there's another game in that division this week, and you're going to call it for us on ESPN Radio, yep. Patriots, Dolphins. Let's get to that one next. What is the number one thing everyone should be watching? So New England got a big win. I want to see if they can make two in a row, right? You beat the Buffalo Bills. Can you win against this divisional opponent in the Miami Dolphins? That defensive line gave Josh Allen problems. Can he do it against Tua? Tua in his two losses, seven sacks. 
In the five wins, two sacks. Mm -hmm. That's imperative to their success, uh, New England, if they want to win this game. Demario Douglas, you got to get him the football. He's a playmaker. Not that he's my cousin, but the last name <laughs> Douglas is... To be clear, he isn't actually your cousin. No, right? but I love the last name. Yeah, everyone loves the last name. He spells it with three S's. But, but <laughs> let's get to the bottom of it here because it is that Miami offense, obviously, last weekend felt like a little bit of a step back. What do you need to see from Tua against a good New England defense? Yeah, I think the big thing is understanding that defenses, I don't want to say have a blueprint of how they want to play, but there's a certain example from both Buffalo and Philly of playing two safeties deep. A little bit more zone. Not overreacting to the motions that have created some free stuff. So the efficiency of their offense is going to be a big deal. The challenge for Mike McDaniel is trying to find the answers. Committing to running the football and being effective while they're running the football. We've got to see if Tyreek Hill is going to play this week because yeah. he is such an integral part to their offense. I don't think Miami needs to change anything. It's just their margin of error when teams are going to force them to be efficient. We've seen it with Patrick Mahomes. We've seen it with Josh Allen. We've seen it with Lamar Jackson. When these high-flying offenses get going and teams force you to play boring and more efficient, your margin for error is smaller, and that's where that offense is going to have to be kind of live in. Mike T., I've had a lot of people uh, dismiss is too strong a word but really kind of diminish what the Dolphins have accomplished after the loss last week against Philadelphia, basically saying they've put up a lot of really gaudy stats against bad competition, and when they, the two good teams they've placed, when they've stepped up in class, they've really struggled. What are you seeing in the Dolphins? How legit is this offense? This offense is extremely legitimate. It's really on the other side of the ball. Like, Can they make plays from a championship standpoint? And I think getting Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey back at some right. point will help them. But even without Tyreek Hill, they have so many weapons. And if you go back to that first game against New England, Greeny, it was really the eight missed tackles that New England had that led to a lot of explosive plays. Three run plays that were explosive, four pass plays that were explosive, and that was the difference in the game. Are, are, you, are you down on the Dolphins? I mean, no, we, we I was had, just going to say, we, this week. we got to caution everybody just kind of thinking the Dolphins aren't one of those elite teams. Yeah. Here's the reality. The Dolphins are getting three guys. They're going to get Devon Achan at some point back. And yeah. in those two corners that Mike T just mentioned, they're still a very, very good football team where Buffalo, who we love, and a month ago was the best team in football, are losing guys, unfortunately, because of injuries. That's the difference. Ball, uh, excuse me, Miami is getting reinforcements where it feels like everyone else is getting picked off. And then, Mike T, the game I'm most interested in this weekend is Bengals 49ers. Niners coming off a couple of losses. Huge game. Bengals coming off of their bye. What is the number one thing you're watching for? Cincinnati has to be more explosive on offense, as Hembo reminded me. They only have six passes in seven games of 20 yards or more. That's last in the NFL. Joe Burrow's never been healthier, and the only way, guys, to beat this great 49 yes. defense is over the top. You're not going to go the long, hard way. They have to make big plays in their passing. And for those who've not seen, uh, Brock Purdy is in the concussion protocol after the game on Monday night. It doesn't mean that he definitely won't play Sunday, but it does – it feels unlikely. Yeah. And I'm watching you guys on your fancy NFL Live day yesterday. I'm hearing <laughs> you say that isn't a problem for the 49ers. I, I think the offense will be just fine and won't skip a beat under Sam Darnold. That is not a knock on Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has been an elite quarterback this year, top five guy in the NFL. Sam Darnold's the most talented quarterback Kyle Shanahan would have had since at least Matt Ryan. And this is a young man that has been in awful situations since he was a part of the NFL, and some good and some bad. But this is by far the best situation when it comes to, do I have a good offense to be in? Yes. Do I have a great play caller? Yes. 
Do I have the proper people around me? Yes. Now, Trent Williams playing would go a long way to him having some success against the good defense in Cincinnati. But if Sam Darnold's got to be the guy, I have very little issue. Why do you look so skeptical over there, Tannenbaum? <laughs> because he's been around since 2018. That's five years. Yeah. Five years. At you don't want to do this. Trust no, me. No, we do. I, I, I want to actually go by the facts. Silly me. But he's been sacked 143 times. He hasn't completed 60% of his passes. I get it. He hasn't been around the best coaching. I understand that. The best coaching. At some point, if you're We're a great player. not in the NFL. Player, at some point, if you're a great player, you have to overcome it. You, he's not a young player anymore. He's been in the league five years. Harry, I, I, I'm going to say this. Now, this is going to be the best situation that I think Sam Darnold has been in when you look at not Kyle Shanahan. Oh, my God. Not even pieces. close. But at the end of the day. Be, being I, on this I, table would be a better situation. But I don't situation. think he's going to be able to outperform what Brock Purdy has been able to do. Thank you. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying outperform, and I'm not saying that Brock Purdy his job is on the line. What I'm saying is Sam Darnold has to go play. He absolutely is going to play winning football. I absolutely think he's talented enough and good. But Sam Darnold's in been five NFL. Years, there's, in five years, Mike, there's, no, there's no evidence of that. There absolutely is evidence of that. He's got five years, five head coaches, four offensive coordinators. You tell me the quarterbacks that were going to play well in those situations. One, Patrick Mahomes, the only guy that might have had a chance. Now he's in a place where good offensive line, good scheme, good run game. He's never had people around him. Is he talented? Absolutely. Can he make good decisions with the football and given the opportunity to do that? All right. I have to, oh, no. I have to hold this here. We're going to come back to it, I promise. But I want everyone to hear. Listen, look at Danny's first. We're 12 minutes in. <laughs> it is the sensation that is sweeping the I love nation. You, man. Harry has become a superstar. <laughs> Check out Charles Barkley the other night on TNT. That's a bad man right there. Jamal Murray, the Denver Nuggets. That's on their home Hey, Harry Douglas, that boy bad. Well, you know, I, I love that segment every week. And, you know, he's been doing a fabulous job. And, you know, we were just showing some great players walking in. I want to give my man a shout out. Let him know he's doing a hell of a job. Harry, come on. Top 10 moment? Man, it's, 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 a, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be able that's to have dope. someone of his magnitude, man, pay attention to, to your work, right? Uncle Chuck. That's, that's, that's what you grind for, man. That's exactly that's right. You, yep, man. yep. Okay, Harry. You're welcome. Uh, meanwhile, show him the Jokic. Uh, uh, give, me a, give me a quick that boy bag. Give me a little appetizer. <laughs> now, we got Nikola Jokic right here getting the ball at the top of the key. Triple threat, pump fake, gets to the basket. Dead boy bag. <laughs> they getting mad at Jokic talking about horses. Well, if I'm Mike Malone, I'm letting him bring the whole stable to the Nuggets for practice facility. Looks like some other players need to be scouting horses the way this horse performed. Thug bread, I should say, Greeny. Look at him taking AD down in the post. Oh, uh, pump fake. Don't tell me about the athleticism of people. I want to see what the skill set looks like. Mm, Nikola Jokic, they call him the Joker. We ain't talking about Batman. Bad boy bad. All right, bad boy bad. Well, it includes some basketball as we continue, but we're five boys away from the NFL trade deadline. (laughs) Hannibal is going to make one phone call for the Cowboys that will put them in the Uh, Super Bowl. uh Uh It's not Sam Darnold. Speaking of calls, could the Giants be taking them for their superstar if they lose this weekend? We'll talk about that in just a moment. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot. 
taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Get Up is brought to you by Shorezy. New season October 27th, streaming only on Hulu. All right, Mike Tannenbaum is our general manager. Mike T, we've given you a homework assignment, and it is called Make Me a Trade. Let's start with Saquon Barkley. The Giants have suggested they're not going to trade him, but what do you say about that? After they lose to the Jets on Sunday on Monday, oh. I've been on the recipient of a Jet Giant loss. The world's going to look different. They should trade him for the Baltimore Ravens. It would be for a third-round pick and then a conditional second-round pick, Greeny, if he's on the roster next year for the year after in 2025. Now listen, we talked about this one yesterday. If I, I Just let your mind go to a place where Lamar Jackson with Zay Flowers and Andrews and Odell and everything else, yeah. has Saquon Barkley standing next to him when he's calling signals? That's an unstoppable offense. Yes? Yeah, you might as well book the plane from Baltimore to Kansas City for the AFC title game. That, that's, that, I mean, that's how good that football team would be. Because Baltimore is tremendous right now, even without Saquon Barkley. This is the best pass game we have ever seen in Baltimore up until this point. It's only going to continue to get better. And the zone read that has been notorious, remember when Lamar gets the snap, he holds it to that defensive end. Is the defensive end going to go outside? Well, then I'll hand it off. If the defensive end is going to crash, I'll keep it. Well, that hasn't been the case in Baltimore this year. That's lacking. It's the worst, I would say, it's been since Lamar has been there. If you got Saquon so the best pass game and that zone read gets back, Unstoppable. A, a, a dynamic player, and it's funny you brought up the zone read. The second play of the game, they ran a zone read, right? Yeah. And Lamar Jackson has four options on that play. Yeah. You have Zay Flowers coming in motion to the right. You yeah. can pull it, throw it to him in the flat, throw it to Odell, in which they did. You can hand it off, or Lamar can keep the football. I don't even know how in the hell the Detroit Lions could have been right, right in that situation. Now add Saquon. Like, like, but the dynamics of this offense in which Todd Munkin was in his bag versus Detroit, you add a guy like Saquon Barkley, 
Start the bus. It would, like, it would be like the, the Warriors the in their heyday on grass. Or cancel the bus. All right, next one here. Uh, the Eagles have already made a trade with the Titans. They got Kevin Bayon, but why should they call them back? Because they're going to get Derrick Henry and a seventh-round pick, Greeny, for a fourth-round pick in 2024 and a third-round pick in 2025, assuming they extend them. And what Derrick Henry would be is a great finisher. I love DeAndre Swift. But give that ball to this guy with the ball in the lead in the fourth quarter, and they're back in the Super Bowl. Danny, you buy it? No. Oh. DeAndre Swift die? No, no, no he's, he's still alive. He's the second leading rusher in the NFL since week two. He's got 511 yards. You see the Arizona Diamondbacks get to the World Series with a great bullpen? This guy's your finisher. They don't need Derrick Henry. DeAndre Swift looks unbelievable in this offense. The last thing they need is to take carries away from him. He's a guy that can go over for 1,400 yards this year. He's an upgrade over Miles Sanders, who's a good player. This, this one, I love the Zegron one. This one, absolutely not. Philadelphia no. does not need to do this. The only reason I disagree with you, Dan, it's, it's, it's literally to this extent. There are some things you just can't have too much of. You can't be too rich. You can't be too handsome. And you can't have too many running backs. They have Rashad Penny. They have Kenneth Gainwell. They I get the handsome one. But this one, yes, is what I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I want to get to one more in here. And, and it is, I want to have more time for this, Artie. It's my fault that we didn't because I, I went long in our first conversation. But I want to get to the Cowboys because we had a little bit of a, a back and forth on this yesterday. You think they should go after Devontae Adams? Without question. Five years ago, they go after Amari Cooper. That was a great trade. Devontae Adams is under contract for this year and next year. Give up a second-round pick, and you are right there going to the Super Bowl with C.D. Lamb. We've all, Everyone's talked about the struggles in the red zone, Greeny. You have Devontae Adams with C.D. Lamb. That's a huge difference. See, here's what's fascinating to me. Because yesterday we talked about the Cowboys getting Derrick Henry. And, and so you could go one or the other way on this. Or do the Cowboys want to be the ground-and-pound team that the coaches continue to talk about? If so, Derrick Henry is probably the greatest ground-and-pound player the league has ever seen. If you want to go the other way and open up that offense a little bit, Devontae Adams. Clearly the Cowboys have fallen behind the Eagles. What do you like? Can I say this? Why are you laughing? We're having this conversation. Yeah. We don't even know what the Cowboys' offensive identity is right well, now. Well, that's my point. Isn't that crazy, though? Yes. In, in week seven, week eight, we don't know what their offensive identity but is. But a trade But like I do this, know. This would decide it. They need, it? A, they need an offensive weapon, period. Right. I think because – whether you want to go the run route, whether you want to go the pass route, if you get a guy like Devontae Adams, I do agree with Mike T, that's going to eliminate a lot of things, especially red zone-wise, and you put somebody opposite of C.D. Lamb. But, D.O., you had somebody else in mind. Well, I'd like Darren Waller to go there to, to Which Dallas. is another great choice. I, let me hit on this real quick. So, we're going to trade for Devontae Adams, who's a little bit unhappy, at least publicly has been outspoken that they're not getting him the football enough, and go to a place that can't get C.D. Lamb the football enough. Like, that's my issue with this one. I agree. It makes sense when it comes to, like, football aspect. But, one, they have struggled to get CeeDee Lamb the ball this year. And, two, if we trade for Devontae Adams, CeeDee Lamb is done in, done in Dallas. That's, uh, that's part of that. So He's done in Dallas. Let me, come, let me circle it around. If, if we put, I just hijacked his trade. I don't trade. think he's done, though. I, I, want, I want Derrick Henry on the Cowboys. They're talking about wanting to run the football. They, they want to have an identity they don't have because their running back, Tony Pollard, is not oh. that guy. This guy is that guy. You put him on the Cowboys, and they could be the team they keep saying they want to be. This one makes a little bit more sense to me when it comes to the reality of the football team and capability and re realistically, can they do it? I do think it matches the identity. The, the challenge is, again, are we taking touches away from a player that we think, because we could sit here and say ground and pound. We also have to be understanding that explosiveness matters. 
Derek, I don't know if he's going to create a ton of explosive plays for their offense. I think Tony Pollard does. Yeah, well, go I, ahead. I just want to push back on the C.D. Lamb thing. Look at A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Like, the league is thriving with two A receivers. But they, That's what C.D. Lamb – I lived it. I, I played oh, with Roddy and White and Julio Jones, yeah. and it worked out. Just fine. Those many, guys, many, were, best, many, we, all of us are best friends. How many times did you get the ball thrown to you? Well, I mean, I, uh, when those guys in Tony Gonzalez, you throw that in it, wouldn't yeah. get the ball. So oh, no. They wouldn't drown up a damn play for me. I'll say <laughs> that right now. Fair enough. All right, I, I want to come overs. back to that one because there's a lot there. In the meantime, you know what we saw last night? Zion on the court for the first time since January, and he was throwing it down. What should we expect this year? Jay will will be back. Plus, speaking of consistency, why doesn't AD have any? You got to hear what Sir Charles and Stephen A. had to say about him, and you will next. Don't miss it. Get up on ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Back on Get Up, bottom of the hour. The game of the night was at Madison Square Garden last night. Jay Williams. Greedy was in the house to watch the Celtics and the Knicks, and it was the debut on a Boston uniform of Kristaps Porzingis. The offense just opens up when he's on the floor. This is a guy that's gained 20 pounds, and the, the, the whole thing about him being injured, no longer thing. He didn't get injured last year. Opens up the whole floor for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to go to work. Tatum taking advantage, 19 mm. points and six boards for him in the first half, a five-point Celtic first-half lead. Knicks couldn't throw the ball in the ocean last night, in particular from the free-throw line, but they knocked down just enough threes to take a late lead. RJ Barrett made a three. Josh Hart made a three. Julius Randle came alive as of late. A lot of flopping going on in the game as well. That was Quentin Grimes knocking one down. He would miss the free throw. Knicks missed 12 foul shots. Aaron Judge loved it. But then it would all go the other way. Boston made all the plays late. Well, if you're going to double team on the wing, you got to rotate defensively. Knicks did a poor job down the stretch, and then Celtics pulled away. Look, stretching the floor, Greeny. That oh. poor thing is stretching the floor. He had 30 points. Eight rebounds and four blocks Woo! against the franchise that drafted him. The 30 points, the most in a Celtic debut in franchise history. Final seconds here, final chance for the Knicks down by four. They need something great to happen, and it would not. So Boston behind 34 from Tatum plus 11 rebounds. Holds on to win it 108-104 in what was a very entertaining opening game there. And it was weird to see Porzingod in another uniform I mean, explode uh, in the garden. Where I think that is, that is so far, you know, and the, okay. there's a lot of water under the bridge okay, on that. Here, here's what I did find myself thinking, that there's been so much talk about the Bucs. And, and I get it. You're going to put Dame Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo together. They're going to be good. Mm-hmm. 
I believe the Celtics are the best team in the East. That's my belief. I love Drew Holiday. I think that's an upgrade. And if you get something like this from Porzingis, that only solidifies my belief that this, I would take the Celtics right now over Milwaukee. I'm not jumping to conclusions. They were playing against the Knicks. With all due respect to the Knicks, I think the Knicks could be in, maybe in that four seed. Yeah, they're a good team. They're, they're not they're, a bad they're team. A decent, I actually think that the eighth best team in the Western Conference could be in the four seed in the Eastern Conference, if okay. I'm just being honest with you. Um, I, I think there's a sizable gap between the Bucks and the Celtics. With who on top? Uh, with the Bucks on top. Really? I, I think Porzingis opens up the floor offensively. I think it's, we're remiss if we don't talk about the loss of Robert Williams and how he protected the rim. The loss of Grant Williams, the only guy that actually matched the energy and the effort and the drive of Jimmy Butler last year. And also Marcus Smart. I know you have Drew Holiday, but there's still a part of me, Greeny, that is waiting for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to come out of their shells and to not only be the best offensive and defensive players, but be the same caliber of leaders for this team. Mm. Now, I know Drew Holiday can do that. But there's something about when you watch Giannis or you watch Dame, they're going to run through the wall for you. You know what's going to come. And also, they're going to demand greatness from the other players. I need to see Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown demand that from their other players. That's the missing link for me around the Celtics. All right, so I got the Celtics. You got the Bucks. I love that hoodie. We'll make a little wager on who winds up with the better. Well, you, you tell me who made that thing for you, and we will make a little wager. All right, meantime, let's shoot the J. Uh, shoot it! Zion, first game uh, of the season with the Pelicans. What did you see? I, I saw a guy that looked like a special player. And I'll tell you this. When Zion got hurt last year, the Pelicans were third in the West. Yeah. Third in the West. He's only played 37% of his games since he was drafted in 2019. If he can stay healthy, they will contend in the Western Conference. I completely It's agree. always if. That's yeah. Zion. That's if. That means he's going to have to show he can be on the floor. James Harden won't be on the floor to begin with, but he is back at practice. What do we think? I have no idea. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I, I have no idea. What got nothing. I, I, I really I question James' ability to compartmentalize his relationship with Daryl Morey and play the game of basketball at a high level. I think inevitably it's going to break. I, I don't. It can't work. I don't see it working for James Harden. As much as he loves Joel Embiid and his teammates, I don't see it working. Tyrese Maxey needs to be the guy for them, not James Harden. It's a complete mess. And, and then let's go to the Lakers the other night. Anthony Davis, zero points in the second half of the opener. Was that just a bad game or was that a bad sign? It's who AD is, yeah. Randy. Mm-hmm. And I, I, we're going to have everybody that's going to yell from the rooftops about AD. And, you know, not all contracts are worth the same, okay? He's a special player. I still think the Lakers are one player away. They're an elite guard away, frankly, scoring guard, from being a championship team. But still, this roster has gotten better over time. Oh, I get it. But it's about Anthony Davis. And, and, and listen, when we talk about people screaming from the rooftops, I want you to hear both Charles Barkley and Stephen A. Smith on that offer yesterday. He's a very talented player, but I don't think he has that mental mindset where he want to go out there and dominate every night. He's just way too inconsistent. And I don't think your number one guy can have those types of peaks and valleys. Second half, 18 minutes, zero point, zero, zero. I mean, Anthony Davis, that's trash. Zero, really? Anthony Davis is a superstar when his A game shows up. But you can't trust his A game to show up consistently, which means you cannot trust that the Los Angeles Lakers are going to get to the finals. Talk to me. You know what great players do, Greeny? I've seen Michael Jordan do this, Kobe Bryant, Dame has done this. I used to do this in college. I would be 0 of 13 coming into the last two minutes of the game. We are coming to the huddle. I'm like, give me the ball, I'm hot. People are like, what the hell are you talking about? You're 0 of 13. I'm like, no, I'm hot. Mm-hmm. I got myself out of it. 
You just saw a picture of Anthony Davis sitting on the bench. He keeps himself in it, mentally, in that rut. He still can't find his jump shot. I don't know, he's lost his jump shot. This is a major issue with him. He should be getting at least eight to 10 points a game from the mid-range Jays, mm -hmm. and he can't find that, so he's trying to drive. So th that's the question you have around AD, being that player for them consistently, because mentally you feel as if he is fragile when he thinks through his game. You don't think LeBron James is mentally fragile. Oh my God, no. No way, he'll burrow through, even if he misses seven in a row, he's gonna yeah. take the eight shot as if he made seven. That's where AD needs to get to. Well, so again, so the whole passing of the torch, taking of the torch, whatever you wanna say, clearly isn't happening. You just told me about the pecking order in the East. How about in the West? Where are the Lakers? Where do they stack up among the best teams in the West? I think they're five or six. And their roster has gotten better since the trade deadline, since the offseason. Gabe Vincent, it was one game going against Nikola Jokic, mm -hmm. who just is physically demanding too much for AD. But I still think AD is a special player, and I still think the Lakers have a legit shot with their roster. Yeah, well, look, five or six is good, but it's not great. LeBron James not there to be five or six. All right, Jay, we'll stay close. Much more on this as we go. And we've got a Friday doubleheader for you tomorrow night. We will see you the new-look Celtics again, hosting Jimmy Butler in the Heat, 7.30 Eastern. Then the Kings hosting Steph and the Warriors. NBA countdown starts your night at 7 Eastern. Meanwhile, Charles Barkley set the VCR. Time for that boy bag. Man, that boy bad. Oh, no, 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 no. Man, that boy bad. That boy bad. Boom. Oh, oh, damn, Greeny. That boy bad. That boy bad. My goodness, Greeny. <laughs> that boy bad. So watch him. Come here. Oh. I'm going. Oh, my goodness. That boy bad. Let's do it again. That boy bad. All right, we got Jay Will and Mike Tannenbaum in on it. Somehow I have a feeling one of you guys is going to do this great and the other one maybe not so much. Why, Why do we have me and Mike on this side, by the way? <laughs> Let's keep the camera off of our side of it. All right, it's All everybody's right. favorite feature. Let me unbutton this jacket. Oh, we're unbuttoned. Everyone enjoy the ride. Yeah. Number one on that boy bad this yeah. week, we got Jordan Addison yeah. of the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to tell you this right now, Greeny. If you're going to line a linebacker up against a wide receiver, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to church. We're going to go to some water mm. and we're gonna baptize your ass every single time. <laughs> Why? Because Jordan Addison, dead boy, bad. Look how he just took that. My grandma gave me that chain. To various war. Give me that football touchdown before halftime. Why? First round draft pick, Lit the Cup Award winner, because dead boy, bad. Now we're going to play at number two. We're gonna go to Travis Kelsey. And whenever I had my wife or my lady in the stands at the time, I wanted to perform for my boo-boo. You talk about 12 catches, 179 yards, and one touchdown. But what I love, and D.O., you understand this about Travis Kelsey, the ability to that, that, they, that, that he has to improvise yeah. mid-route. Yeah. You can have the perfect defense, and Travis Kelsey can be told to do one thing, he going to do his own thing. No doubt. And guess what? Why? Dad, boy, bad. I tricked y'all. We going to number three, baby. <laughs> Lamar, my fellow Louisville alum. Look at this touchdown pass to Mark Andrews. From the pocket, 21 of 27, 357 yards, three touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. Shout out to his own line. The man had nine seconds to throw the football. Uh -huh. But Lamar <laughs> is a dynamic talent. And what I love the most is that Todd Munkin has unlocked this thing. But you can't do it unless you have Lamar. Why, ladies and gentlemen? Because dead boy bad. Last person hey. that we got right now, we going to go to Miles Garrett. The man oh, has two sacks. Two forced fumbles, a field goal block, nine tackles, oh. which was second on the team. <laughs> I don't know why. I said this about Khalil Mack. Mm -hmm. If you don't chip him, if you don't bang him, if you don't cut him, huh? you don't have a chance. Why, ladies and gentlemen? Because dead. 
boy, bad. My goodness. Outstanding. We own a heater. Like Tell you what, what do you think? Your first time. Hold on. One more time for the group. One more time for the group on three. One, two. I said on three. Pay attention, guys. One, two, three. Dad, boy, bad. There we go. I slowed down the last one. All right, coming up. These teams have had their ups and downs already this season. Who are the legit contenders and who are the pretenders? We sort them out coming up next. Thor and ATL. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are back on Get Up, and here we go. The next game is called Contender or Pretender. I will lay out the resume of several of these teams. Here are the Dallas Cowboys. They're 4-2. and two. They have not beaten a team, however, that currently has a winning record. Their only game against a winning opponent was against the Niners. They lost by 32 points. Overall, they played the second easiest schedule to date when you look at the combined winning percentage of their opponents. And so the question on the Cowboys is, are they a Super Bowl contender or pretender? And let's put the answers up on the screen as we go through it here. Dan, I see a no under your name. Why do you say that? Because I can't get the San Francisco game out of my mind. The San Francisco game still happened. This football team that we saw against a really good team after we got through the month of September got absolutely demolished. We saw them have their performance against Arizona, and it was, well, we had three offensive linemen out, and we were poor in the red zone, and credit Arizona. It was couple days after the Trayvon Diggs injury, they'll be okay. And then we watch them play, and you're like, oh, my goodness, this team has a lot of, I guess, flaws. One, two standstill on offense. Two, I don't know how many playmakers they have. Three, CeeDee Lamb doesn't get the ball enough. I would say the biggest thing is this. This defense is not the same without Trayvon Diggs. Yep. And that, that's, that's a credit to him as a player. They Six games, right? I think four games they played without him, they have six sacks. They've given up almost eight yards per attempt. So they've got to figure out really, like, can they be that top three, top five defense that they were expected to be without that lockdown corner? So the only reason why I put yes is because if Dallas figures out what their offensive identity is, otherwise it's going to be a no for me. And, and, And I'm banking them trying to figure that out. 
What I seen from Dak Prescott in, you know, that last game versus the Chargers, I seen him improvise. I seen him utilize his legs. That has to be something that's done consistently for the Dallas Cowboys moving forward. But also, they have to really figure out what's their identity. Well, that's going to be my question to you. When you say their identity, do you mean do they want to be the run-heavy team that they talk about or do they want to open up the offense? Which should they be? I think open up. Because if you open up your offense, you give your chance to you give yourself a chance to contend for a Super Bowl. I think just being the offense that's conservative, you don't have a chance in my opinion. It, it seems that they're afraid to do that because they're afraid of the turnovers, right? The whole focus over the offseason, we can't turn the ball over. You open that up a little bit, you bring that into play. Does that concern you? Yeah, to a certain degree. But I think they're more concerned with their offensive line. I think yeah. they're more concerned with the health and the performance of the offensive line rather than Dak Prescott's inability or ability to value the football. Dak has historically been great with the football, and the turnovers have never been apart. Last year it was bad, but I think they're calling their offense more because they don't trust the offensive line more so than the quarterback. And, I, and I'll say this. In every football game, you guys know this, there's about five to six plays that determine the outcome. I don't want Dallas to be in a situation where they're playing against a top-notch opponent and those plays present themselves, but you're being conservative, conservative and you don't take those chances. I mean, they, 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 they sound like they want to coach around an all-time great defense. And I agree with you. Without Trayvon Diggs, they aren't an all-time great defense. Correct. They're just a good right NFL now. defense. Yeah. Right. They're a good NFL defense, but they're not good enough to not, not sort of provide it with the offensive punch that they need. What do you think, Mike T? Yeah, agree. I push back on that a little bit. You know, we talked about Buffalo's injuries and how they're going to get better. I think Deron Bland and Jordan Lewis are actually good players that will get better, so I think their defense is still good. But we could talk about the other teams. Detroit was going to the Super Bowl a week ago. I certainly thought so. They got dismantled. San Francisco has lost two games in a row. Philadelphia has more turnovers now than they did all of last year. So Dallas has their challenges, but so does every other team in the NFC. And on their A day, they could be any of those teams. I, 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 will, I will push back with that, and I will say this, Mike T. When it comes to the three teams, or I should say the four teams, when you look at Philly, you look at San Francisco, you look at Detroit, and also the Cowboys, who do you trust more out of, out of those teams? Philly and San Francisco. Exactly. But, again, last year, those two teams, Philly and Dallas, played head-to-head. Total point margin was three points over two games. Last year, it don't matter. And, and, and Dak and uh, Jalen have not matched up. Yet. This, this game a week from Sunday will be the first time those two guys go head-to-head against each other, assuming both of them are there. I want to bring up the Steelers next. I, I have, I've decided that from now on, Tomlin <laughs> is a verb. They have tomlined their way to 4-2. and two. I have no idea how. They have won their division games. They beat the Browns. They beat the Ravens. The worst team they faced this season is only one game under 500. So their opponents have a winning percentage of 575. They've played the sixth toughest schedule in the entire NFL. Somehow they're four and two. I have no idea how because they're awful. And yet somehow they're winning these games. So our question is, are they a playoff contender? And I have to say, yes, Dan, they just find ways to win. Yeah, I've switched. Uh, For the majority of this season, I was a no. This is why I'm saying yes. I I have two locks for this football team every single week. Number one, T.J. Watt. Bingo. Absolutely in the conversation for one of the best football players on planet Earth. He wins them games. He's done it twice this year. Also, Highsmith is a tremendous player as well. So they got two guys. That when you watch them play, they wreck football games. We use that phrase for a lot of different players, and maybe it's not accurate. This guy wrecks games. He's wrecked multiple games this year. That's a lock. That's why I think they're a playoff contender. The second thing is this. I got to give Kenny Pickett credit. 
He's clutch. He, he, he may not be an elite quarterback, and he may not make every play early, but when this team gives them the chance to win games more often than not, late in the football game, this young man makes big-time throws. Back shoulder fades to George Pickens. They're going to throw five of them a game. If they hit him, they'll be okay. If not, they won't win. But when they give him the chance late in games, hey, we need a throw, it feels like more often than not, Kenny Pickett makes that throw. Why do you guys say no? Because of Kenny Pickett. I just, if we're looking at the AFC quarterbacks, he's still in the back half at best. And Mike Tomlin, like, he's a Hall of Fame coach. Who's yeah. maybe having his best year. Yeah. Greeny, I completely agree with that analysis, but I don't see them scoring points consistently to keep up in the AFC. All right. I don't trust Matt Canada as the OC. Agreed. I don't sit up here and say I can trust Kenny Pickett throughout an entire game because if you don't start good early, there's going to come a time where you don't have an opportunity late because of the early struggles. And also, I don't trust them to get the ball to their best player offensively, George Pickens, mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. Uh, here's, here's the thing, though, for me, you guys. They are going to be there. Yeah. Like, they're going to be in that conversation. And with Watt and Highsmith, and I didn't mention Minka Fitzpatrick, like, I agree with you guys. I don't trust their offense that much. I just – that defense and those three guys, it feels like give them a chance every stinking week. Coaching matters, and they have had – Excellent coaching, as usual. One more I want to do, and that is the Jets, who have weathered the storm without Aaron Rodgers. They're a 500 team. They've played the two best teams in the NFL, the Chiefs and the Eagles. They beat Philly. They lost to Kansas City by three. Overall, they've played the third hardest schedule this season so far, and it does ease up. So the question is, are the Jets a playoff contender as currently constituted oh yes is across the board boy i hate that that makes me so nervous it just because I, but i don't, I don't like the fact that everyone because agrees. their defense when i look at three quarterbacks that we think about in high regards when you talk about josh allen jalen hurts and patrick mahomes three, they made them look human yep what, what that three, defense. three touchdowns and eight interceptions out of those three guys yep that's why defense is that good yep and the offense is a work in progress but it has pieces. Dan, is Zach Wilson going to continue to improve as the season goes forward? Yeah, I think so. I think that obviously coming off of the bye week and kind of readjusting the offense and what it's looked like under Zach Wilson, I think the more that they can get teams to play them in man defensive situations, that was going back to that Kansas City game when he excelled. But Zach Wilson, I've said this to Jets fans for the past couple weeks, he has not been careless with the football. He has not been reckless with the football. He's been more confident over the last three weeks. They live in that world, and that defense continues to stay healthy and hunts the way that they have. They could beat anybody in football. Greeny, to that point, let's go to the game this weekend against the Giants. Like, I think game playing is contextual. If I am Robert Sala, I'm saying, look, we want to see Zach Wilson continue to protect the ball, but there's no way the New York Giants are scoring against us. We cannot turn the ball over. Some games, yeah, we got to see him. Take you know, that, no, take no, no, that no. scared football and throw it's it not, in the trash. No, it's called winning football. We want to score more points than the opponent, and this week our opponent can't score but, but, us. But here's so the thing, though. We, we're not going to turn it over. We, we know the DNA of Wink Martindale. He's going to blitz. He's going to, you know, leave his corners on islands. Zach Wilson has to make plays. You have to take no, advantage. He of, you've got to take advantage. He, he just can't make like mistakes. I, I agree. He can't make mistakes. I think they should be aggressive again this week. Me too. I think they're going to see man coverage. I don't think the Giants can cover Garrett Wilson one-on-one. They're good and they're talented on their back end, but they're not good enough to cover 17 one-on-one in the course of four games. I would get him 15 targets this week. No one can cover Garrett Wilson one-on-one. He's the best receiver in the NFL. He just hasn't had a chance to prove it yet, but he will. As we continue, we're talking about the French dejection. All eyes on the big baguette in his U.S. debut. We'll show you how it was spoiled. Jay Williams breaking down what he saw coming up. And then let's see how Harry does. We're talking about rookies. Here's your question. 
Who was the last player to win the NFL's Offensive Rookie of the Year award that was not a first-round pick? The answer is next. Uh-huh. 